0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in. Good day. Good day, Sacramento. Good day, Bay Area. Really? I know, right? There's a person in news that I work with who drives me crazy. She does a little bit of weather. And when she does weather, she'll she'll go to the weather map and she'll say, Good day, Santa Rosa. You're going to see about 45 degrees today. Good day. San Jose. And you're like, oh, enough already. Enough. A lot of backstabbing in the news game. I mean, you have to watch your back. I'm not backstabbing. anyway. She, uh, maybe I'm backstabbing. So anyway, um, big events coming up. Snap just announced its new and improved spectacles. The first round of spectacles was a disaster; they had to take massive write-offs on. Oh, Snap, snap shares a rallying on spectacles two, even though spectacles one was a flop. New version was going to incorporate things customers had wanted. It. It's going to be water-resistant, so you can take photos and videos in high definition. Photos and videos can be loaded onto a user's phone at a much faster speed. They'll be priced at 150 bucks. The first version of the spectacles flopped, and the company took a $40 million write-down. Those Spectacles were priced at $130. Huh. All very interesting, right? So Snap's got new glasses. That's out there. There's a, a combination of horrible and terrible an ugly Christmas sweater company is making a fortune. Not putting drunk elves or moose or Santa frolicking with strippers. Not not ruining the image of Christmas. No no. This ugly sweater concept is even worse. They're putting the the logos of Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum on the ugly sweaters. So it's going to become an unofficial uniform for crypto investors, um, and it's just—I I, got to imagine those two guys sitting around drunk one day and saying, "You, what can we make ugly sweaters with?" Drunk elves, great idea. No, it's already been done. So they've pulled in over two hundred thousand dollars in revenue just by putting the Bitcoin logo and the Ethereum logo in like old nineteen seventies font on ugly sweaters and people are buying them up i know you're saying you're making that up i'm not 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything you want to talk about we could talk about wireless chargers and thick phone cases don't go together so you really have to do some research before you buy a wireless charger Otherwise, you're going to have a $49, $45 brick sitting around, not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Charging for you, per se. Um, Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We've got a big seminar coming up. Cupertino, Juniper Hotel. Haven't been there in a long time. It's official. Elizabeth Holmes Uh, and Theranos is basically no more. It's a company she started when she was 19 years old. She became worth a couple billion dollars, only to be worth not so much. So it was a company that had a great story. You can take less blood out of you to come up with more solutions on what's wrong with you or potentially wrong with you. So there's a lot going on there. But, uh, a constant reminder of always check in on occasion with uh, yourself to make sure you're not kind of going off the deep end with your concepts of investing. Subway's going to close 500 restaurants across the United States. Uh, I'm not a big fan of slimy lunch meats. And I feel like... Ow. I know, right? I kind of feel like that's kind of what Subway sells. You're like, I'll take a slimy piece of chicken with a slimy piece of turkey and throw on some cheese that will become slimy. But uh, Subway closed 800 stores last year. 500 stores this year. Would I buy a Subway franchise at this point in time? Nope. But with 40,000 locations globally, Subway ranks the largest restaurant chain in the world, outpacing McDonald's and Starbucks. And now they've got this new concept of uh, you spend 50 bucks, you get two bucks back. You know, rewards. Um, they're trying to test sandwich wraps, gluten-free bread. Uh, Gluten. It's going to be the, the downfall of America. One day we're going to wake up and realize there was no such thing as gluten. And we'll all pay a price for it. Um, Apple is been in the news a lot in 2017-2018 for the super cycle. People want to replace their phones. And then there's things like the battery gate that... They were slowing down your phone or something along those lines, and they have to replace the batteries. And uh, To get an appointment to have your battery replaced, it's like months, which is almost counter the process of getting you working phone, right? So Samsung is warned that you know they're not selling as much into the mobile phone market. Taiwan Semiconductor is saying, we're seeing some slower growth on smartphone chip sales and putting together phones um so the companies that manufacture these products are saying ahead of apple that super cycle may not have panned out they're not saying that specifically because they would lose apple as a client in theory that's not going to happen but it could happen right so you don't piss off the master um southwest said the woman who got sucked out of a southwest airplane has hurt business not her personally but when there was a mid-air explosion and part of the engine goes back into the fuselage and goes into the window and depressurizes the plane and the woman's wearing a seatbelt and she's still being sucked out, it's pretty scary. And when push comes to shove, you start thinking of to yourself, like, um, I need to fly to L.A., I need to fly to Vegas, I need to fly, 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 fly. And your first choice is like, let's skip that one. Aren't they doing a review of their jet engines? And they're probably the safest airline to fly, right? Because lightning rarely strikes twice. Unless they have a systemic problem, then, oh, I don't even want to get into that. But yeah, some people are saying I, I, uh, they're cutting down on the number of flights they're taking with Southwest because of the marketing issue. With the, uh, not so good news. A plan to split California from the United States gets another chance. I love Tom Draper. Tim Draper. He's a billionaire. He wants to split California into three states. And he's going to try to put on the November 6th ballot. So we got scooters that are electric that are being littered into the city of San Francisco. We want to break California into three states. One would be called New California. Um, There's a lot going on there. Welcome to California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Talk to me soon. Call me, 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings
1: from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz.
2: And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7.
1: It's a new day for Chipotle Mexican Grill. Some of the ideas that the company previously spurned, such as drive throughs and new menu items, are now on the table. New CEOs being well-responded to by Wall Street pushing the stock up aggressively. Success or failure starts at the top in all businesses, but even more so in investing. Investors are buying into the optimism of CEO Brian Nicole, who arrived in March to Chipotle from Taco Bell. His quote was, I'm focused on finding some wins. After years of struggling with a culture that was polluted by infection into their food supply, they have to recapture consumers' attention. An area that at Taco Bell, the CEO excelled at. Chipotle has not been out there driving culture and leading conversations. They don't run cool promotions, but they're out there. So I throw that out to you. Is the turnaround coming? started does it stick amazon's reporting numbers today it's earning season nothing but earning season investors will be watching for any hint of government action plus what can you tell us about your new building that you're going to be building revenue in the quarter is expected to be about 49.9 million up 40 percent year over year that's stunning one analyst expects Amazon to beat expectations given record consumer sentiment levels and an expanding prime membership base. You feel comfortable, you buy toilet paper. Well, in theory you buy toilet paper when you're feeling uncomfortable too, maybe even more so. Ow. Yeah. Um home prices in the United States continue to jolt higher. It's a story that we continue to find intriguing. Housing used to be boring. Now housing get in at the right time, and woohoo, you're rich. Woo! Housing market storyline for the last several years has been one of steady, steady demand, limited supply, supply and demand. We kind of know a little bit about this story. Limited supply, strong demand pushes prices higher. The S&P CoreLogic Shiller Index again showed year-over-year growth in the month. And um, the median selling price it's up there. Of the a new one family home. I heard an argument and I thought it was pretty smart. I talked about is the single family home dead? Is the concept of it a failed concept? Do we need to move on to not having a living room but having just one room that we live in? Don't know. I don't know if I have all the answers for you, but is the living room dead? is a big question. Elsewhere out there today, the Dow higher as AMD and Facebook both had solid numbers. AMD soared, as Wall Street says, the chipmaker's new products are a reason to dream big for the stock. They've got the Ryzen desktop CPU, the Vega GPU, the Epic server GP, CPU, they say they're all gaining traction and doing quite well. So Advanced Micros new chips are thriving in a market and it's gonna take share from the competitors, most notably in NVIDIA and Intel. So when analysts raise its price target to fourteen dollars on AMD, it's the last I saw trading around ten ten eleven. Some analysts see the stock as a twenty seven dollar stock. Well that's a double from where we are. It's a pretty big move. I'm in the business of, I buy good companies. And in the end, how much money do you have is kind of a big question of how many companies do you want to own. So Ford is going to stop production of all but two models. What? Ford's trimming the amount of cars they're making aggressively. And they're focusing on trucks and SUVs. I rode in a Fusion, Ford Fusion not too long ago, and it was pretty nice. And then I, I read they're shutting down the Ford Fusion. And the Ford Fusion wasn't nice. Excuse me when I say that. For an electric car or a hybrid car, it was good. It was way better than the Camry, in my opinion. But I'm not into car reviews, you know? So I'm not even going to go there because you're going to hate me and, and find ways to be angry. Lending Club deceived customers, so says the FTC. The Federal Trade Commission filed a lawsuit charging Lending Club with deceiving customers and loans with false promise of no hidden fees. I once got suspended for taking a knock at a company, and uh, it wasn't well received. Then I was like, what they're promising can't be. It's it's impossible. But Lending Tree ran commercials, too, that... Were impossible. So just because you hear it on radio or television doesn't mean it's true, right? So Lending Club's stock is basically a petty stock at this point in time. Lending Club rejected the FTC's allegation, citing its long standing record of consumer satisfaction and the history of providing more than 2 million consumers with low cost credit. So, misrepresenting alone, we've heard this story and how it ends badly on Wall Street once before when we're tied towards mortgages and subprime. Again, subprime is a fancy way of saying someone is kind of like a junk borrower. Junk bonds are companies that are struggling for cash. So subprime are is a person who, who is less human, less than, than normal. So if we would lend money to you. Now they're starting to call those loans nonprime. It's like, you know... Safeway's got that term "Rancher's Reserve," and you're like, "Oh, honey, let's get the let's get the Rancher's Reserve filet, because the ranchers have reserved it. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a made up title that we assign something to. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, big event coming up, at Cupertino. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code Radio Twenty Five to get in for free. That's coming up May the third, right around the corner. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Financial questions are some of the most difficult ones to talk about in public. I've seen under your kimono. You've told me what you own. You don't tell your own spouse what you own. You don't tell your own pastor what you own, but you will tell me. It's a good thing to be honest. It's a good thing to be like, know who you are and where you are. Speaking of which, the one who grounds me is CFP Chad Burton. He knows where we're going on the road to retirement. So Mr. Burton, how are you?
2: Great. Great, great, so, great. I, I, I find it funny that I'll ground you. With kids, that's a different meaning, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But also grounding is an electrical term, right? So you don't shock yourself. (laughs) Ground a wire. Which I don't even know what that means now that I'm thinking about it. Um, (laughs) Off topic. Off topic we are. We have a big seminar coming up talking about retirement income. It's going to be in Cupertino at the Juniper Hotel. It's coming up. On 3rd of May, people can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Now, let's talk a little bit about rebalancing. I think that's one of the most difficult things because people want to go with the horse that got them to the race, so to speak. Right. I've made so much money in Apple, I'm not going to sell. But it's time to rebalance. But I've made so much money in Tesla, I'm not going to sell. And then... You kind of get in that situation of disappointing orders or companies lose money, and then you go, I kind of wish I would have diversified. How do you approach diversification? Di- diversification is what it was called in the late 90s.
2: <laughs> right. Um, what, uh, part of it is, first, are you diversified? And then if so, how do you maintain that? Um, you, you're talking a little bit about, I think, single stock risk and. You know it's hard to sure. avoid single stock risk when you're working for, a, okay. say, a tech company or a biotech company in the Bay Area when you're 20, 30, 40 years old because you're you're just starting out, right? You're 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 trying to save, but you're getting stock options, you're getting ESPP, so it's it's hard to avoid that for a while until you really start funneling money into the 401k and and um, you know when you get too much in your single company stock, one of the easiest things to do is sell those RSUs as they vest. It's interesting how few people do this, um, because RSUs are the most common type of employee benefit now in terms of stock options. And when, when you get a, a, an amount of RSUs, as they vest, they become 100% taxable. One hundred percent. There's no tax benefits for continuing to hold RSUs for a certain period of time. So once you become way too overweight in a company stock that you work for, sell those RSUs as they vest and immediately reinvest them in something else more diversified. So that's that's one key thing. And then overall, when it, you're talking about portfolio rebalancing, there's really you know kind of two or three ways to do it while you're working and while you're younger. We can talk about that first, and then there's one specific way that you need to handle it when you're in retirement, which is a little bit more complicated, but, uh, but both key. So, you, know, you want to talk about the, the younger people rebalancing first?
1: Sure. Youth come before so, age.
2: Yeah, there you go. Um, so, when, say, 20, 30, 40-year-olds you know, sign up for their 401K, they pick the choices, they pick the funds typically that have done the best over the last one to five years. And that's what right. they allocate it. And so what you see now is a lot of people that look in their 401K and all they own is S&P 500-type funds, large-cap growth funds, okay? And they don't really own anything else. They've owned the asset class that's done the best over the last five years. Um, and it's a, it's a, this has been one of the longest periods of time, Rob, where large-cap growth has outperformed large-cap value, or small-cap, say, has underperformed a bit with large-cap. So, you you really have to start adding those other asset classes look at something that, wow, that's a great 10-year average return. It hasn't done very well over the last three years. What a great buying opportunity. So, when you're trying to rebalance your 401k, there's three ways you can do it. You can either just turn on an automatic rebalancer once you have the correct pie chart. So, you've gone through a process. You know you have small cap, large cap, mid cap, international emerging market, and you just have the 401k account. You turn it on, so it automatically rebalances either twice a year or once a year. And you don't have to think about it. You just put the money in. If you want to pay a little bit more attention to it, at the end of each year, you, you look at the portfolio and you realize that, oh, wow, my large cap has drastically outperformed my small cap. I'm light on small cap. So maybe over the next several months, you focus on c- contributing 100% to the area that you're light. right? So that's more of the... Uh, Active approach to rebalancing. Um, I guess the, we'll we'll leave it for those two main ways to do it. But either way, you really need to do that because asset classes outperform typically for you know three, maybe five years in a row, and then they spend a couple of years at the bottom, and then they start to outperform again. So you want to own them all. Um, you don't want to avoid any.
1: Okay. How often do you approach rebalancing
2: psychologically? Well, you know, as a as a firm, we're monitoring it almost daily. Um, okay. As an individual, I would do it at yeah. least every six months.
1: Okay. Um, I tend to say things like, the day after your birthday, review all your insurance documents. Um, would you do something kind of like maybe the the week before Christmas, to rebalance all your portfolios? Is there a, a date you would try to tie it to or just put it on a Outlook calendar
2: and do it? I think a good time to do it is when people are doing their taxes, because typically people are logged into their investment accounts to get their 1099s, to look at their portfolios, to see what they've contributed. They're finding their W-2s. You're in that focus. You're in the financial focus, right? So just get in and look at everything and set aside some time with your spouse to even review it and talk about what you own, because usually it's one person that's kind of more involved than the other one, but the other one really needs to take an active approach, at least knowing where everything is. Got it. Um, anything else you want to hit on the segment? Well, so in, in retirement, it, it's a lot different. This is what we talk about at the retirement strategies event. Okay. Because in retirement, you have a certain amount of cash that you have to have. And that cash will allow you to stay invested through rough points in the market where your portfolio, even though the market may be down, is still kicking off great dividends, great amount of interest. You don't want to be forced to sell, so you have to have a certain amount of cash. And rebalancing becomes setting targets on each asset class and looking at it on a quarterly basis. And when you, that asset class has exceeded your target, you peel off some of the growth out of the market and replenish the cash that you've spent. Um, so it's a, rebalancing in retirement becomes a mix of rebalancing and a mix of peeling the gains off the table and replenishing the cash that you've spent so you're ready to weather the next storm when it comes. 70% of the time, the market's positive. 30% of the time, you're going to be really, really happy you've got that cash.
1: Sounds good. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him here Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Uh, but specifically new content Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, New focus on wealth from 6 a.m. to to 7 a.m., uh, here on AM 1220 Debbie, I guess I do the 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., but he's uh, frequently on this show. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. If you go to newfocusfinancial.com and hit the button that says Events, you'll see that there's a May 3rd seminar coming up, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning. You can sign up for it by using the code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. It's the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Um, code RADIO25 gets you in for free. More information at newfocusfinancial.com. to get your calls on the air. A lot of the concepts that Chad talks about aren't problems until they're problems. Rebalancing your portfolio. It's never a problem until you go into a prolonged slump. Same thing with gambling, right? Hey, I I can handle blackjack until you lose 10 hands in a row and your momentum is gone and you start changing your bets and, oh, it's 11 hands in a row. So Zillow did something kind of interesting, and they did a new study, and they basically looked at how affordable housing is and how much people are stretching, and all the tsunamis that are hitting all at the same time, the frustration of real estate right now with the lack of inventory, a lot of houses are going into bidding wars, you have to step up to the plate, you have to do your homework to be a competitive buyer. And that's kind of a weird concept because you want to almost be a defensive buyer, right? And you're like, I'm spending 400 $500, $600, $700, plus dollars $700,000 plus more. And it's a competitive thing. You'd have more options for low down payments, loans, options that were not available as recently as a few years ago. Fannie Mae reintroduced a 3% down payment loan that had discontinued during the recession. And some private lenders are venturing back into subprime. They're calling it now non-prime, non-prime. Isn't that called junk? Isn't that called bad credit? <clears throat> bad credit, no problem. We'll get you a loan, but instead of charging you 3 to 4% like we're charging everyone else, we're going to charge you 7 to 10% because you're a non-prime loan. The words that we put on things to make them okay sounding is offensive. After holding steady for a couple years, the share of conventional loans backed by Fannie Mae with down payments less than 10% rose. So it's getting more competitive as lending becomes easier. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. We're talking Rome, people. We're talking gladiators. We're talking about the fall of the greatest civilization in the world. Whoa. San Francisco is going to try to stop the electric scooter invasion by placing limits on how many each startup can rent out. Say what? I know. Wait, wait. I'm just getting used to bike lanes being green and noticeable. I'm not quite sure if a bus can be in a bike lane, if a bike can be in a bus lane. I'm not sure on some things like that. So I'm still playing catch-up on all this. When did the electric scooter thing blow up like it did? Well, the answer is this year. And people who are listening to Rob Black and Your Money across the nation right now are laughing. What do you mean you have an electric scooter problem? We have an electric scooter problem. Some companies like Bird, Bike, and Spin are scooter startups. I can't make this up! And they've raised hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital between them. Wait, wait. Scooters. Scooter startups have raised hundreds of millions of dollars. We've run out of things to raise money for, and we don't like asking tough questions.
0: You've got
1: to be kidding me. The vehicles are dockless, and this is where it becomes a problem. Dockless? As in no docks? That's right. So when you're done with a scooter, you just leave it wherever the freaking fracking you want to leave it. Right. People don't know where to leave them. Do you leave them in a tree? Do you leave them in the street? Do you leave them on the sidewalk? Do you leave them with a homeless person? Behave yourself. I'm not making this up. I can't. So San Francisco, in order to kind of like say, we got to get our sidewalks back, has said, you know, the pay as you go scooter services bird, line, bike, and spin, we're only going to allow you to have so many on the road or on the sidewalks. There's going to be a permitting system and a pilot program. San Francisco wants the, the bike startup companies, not even bikes, mind you, the scooters. We don't know how to monitor them. Since three scooter companies currently operate in San Francisco, 1,500 would be allowed at any given time under the proposed limits. Bird, one of the companies that I was mentioning, who is a scooter startup, has more than 1,600 scooters. So, right there, they would be paring them back business. It's funny because the company has added 32,000 riders since Bird launched in San Francisco in March. So, you get 32,000 riders, 1,600 scooters, and you're like, whoa, this is pretty profitable. And again... San Francisco and the Bay Area can solve problems that we didn't know were problems. Can't possibly get out of the house. Don't worry about it. We'll bring groceries to you. We'll bring food to you. Grubhub, we'll bring it all to you. But the fact that you can leave scooters wherever the f- you want, it's a problem. And how does San Francisco deal with this? San Francisco city attorneys slapped each of the companies with cease and desist letters last week residents who live in the bay area or who live in san francisco have been vandalizing scooters in enough effort to deface them or to keep them off the road entirely i don't like the idea of just leave it wherever you want that seems both dangerous and wrong do i get the need for a scooter startup i don't so i needed a scooter once in my life i went and bought it but then i guess you have to store it and people don't like storing stuff anymore right That's the story that we're sticking to. Facebook crushed numbers. Congratulations to Facebook. I bring that up. I bring that up because of all you losers. All you losers said, we're going to drop Facebook. We're not going to use Facebook. Facebook is evil. Delete Facebook. Jim Carrey, the mask. Not so much. The social media company. Who let your data slip, your private data slip into the hands of terrorists and bandits and pirates. So that, you know, people who are logging into Facebook at least once a month hit 2.2 billion as of March, up 13% year over year. That's growth of 70 million monthly active users, up 13%. Pretty impressive. Now... The quarter is obviously 90 days, and the scandal hit in the last 30 of the 90 days. So it's a little bit impossible to say if people have cut back or not, truly. Um, some people would expect the amount of engagement to go down, obviously, would sync with the amount of data that was lost on some level. But first quarter revenue at Facebook jumped to almost $12 billion, $11.97 billion. Whoa. Income rose to 4.99 billion, despite facing important challenges.:
2: You know we have a basic responsibility uh, to protect people's data, and if we can't do that, then we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people.: That's right, Jack. Facebook began
1: running a one-minute spot promising to do better jobs of protecting user privacies and conquering all privacy issues.:
0: That's right, Jack.
1: The ad's going to run on TV and in movie theaters through July. They've done a mea Copel. Is it enough? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, when I have a seminar coming up, you can use the code radio25 to get in for free. Radio25 to get in for free. Take a break here. Find me at robblackshow.com.
0: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.